0: This is your city. This is your city wants to know. We want to know the background, the heartbeat of what makes up our beautiful cities. We dig into the backstories from the struggles to the successes of our local entrepreneurs, small business owners, artists, not-for-profit organizations, and the many, many people who make up the intricate tapestry of our communities. Real people, real stories, by you and for you. But wait. That's not it. I love giving my opinion. Just ask anyone who knows me. We can't get enough of the honest, gritty feedback of places that we spend our hard-earned money. I'll give you the good, the bad, and the ugly of the places I eat, sleep, and visit. Disclaimer, my opinion, my opinion only. All right, so come on, let's get to it. everyone and welcome to another episode of This Is Your City. I am Kim your host and I'm so grateful that you joined in today. You know those who have been following me we know I've done some kid sections for little heroes, young kids who make a difference in their community and I just I can't wait to do more of that and I've spoken with many interesting amazing people but one of the reasons I'm really excited for my guest tonight Christine Quinn is because she's a young adult when I heard her story I reached out to her right away and like yes yes can you please be on my show and she graciously agreed so before I get into that Christine I want to welcome you first I don't want you just sitting there listening to me jab on welcome to the show and I'm so thankful and you know it is early Christine is in in Australia and it's 7 a.m I believe
1: right yes yes it is. you are yes thank you no, thank you so much for having me on the show Kimberly. I really appreciate it.
0: But and like I'm saying to my listeners, young adult teenager, you've been through some things, we'll get into, but mm-hmm. one of the reasons I was so excited to reach out and hopefully have you on the show when I read your story and it was only a small piece of your story that you shared and I was mm-hmm. I was yes, I have to have you. In today's world, globally, not in Canada, not in Australia, globally.
1: Mm-hmm. in the last
0: few years specifically but in the last decade i would say the suicide rate for young adults and teenagers is by far scientists and the medical industry are saying it's the highest it's ever been in recorded history that they can tell and this is due to a lot of mental illness and and just depression things of this nature and i wanted to hear your story so that others can hear your story because that was you, that was you so long, not so long ago, and you pulled yourself out of it, so that's what I really want to discuss, I mean, we're going to discuss how successful you've become, after you've decided to make a big change, I mean, you're, you're a mindset coach, yes, Chrissy Quinn coaching, and right, you also consult, not only you, yeah, absolutely, coaching, consulting, yeah, so we'll get into that, but Christine, I, is it Christine or Chrissy? Which Which one would you prefer? Look, my
1: birth name's Christine, but I mainly go by Chrissy. So either way, you know, it's same, same.
0: Okay. Well, you have Chrissy yeah. Quinn coaching, so maybe we'll go with that.
1: Yeah, let's go with Chrissy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Chrissy, at the age of 14, mm-hmm. by the age of 14, you had seen already eight psychologists. Yes. And... That's a lot. And I I understand that some of your story sits with me, but you were saying that you didn't trust any of them. You had trust issues. You had so many things going on. And I don't want to talk about anything you don't want to talk about or cross any lines. And so we're not going to do that. So I'm going to leave you speak more than me, because like I said, I don't want to go somewhere that you're not comfortable with going. What I want you to start off with, if it's okay, Take us back before age fourteen because it was by the age of fourteen that you seen you had seen eight psychologists. So obviously before that, that's when a lot of the the issues, if I can call it that, started. So help us help us understand who you are and and, and what that was before the age of fourteen.
1: Of course. So it's it's really it's really been an interesting journey. It's been an interesting ride. As I um, you know you've mentioned. Just now that, yeah, by the age of 14, I'd seen eight psychologists, which I like to share that because there's a big stigma around people going to see a psychologist that it's like, if I see them, then there's something wrong with me and being able to simply share that, but also the realization of you need to find someone you resonate with. And the reason I kept going through different psychologists is because I didn't trust them. Right. Now, the reason I was seeing a number of psychologists is it was a result of unresolved trauma growing up as a child. Um, and it's, it's interesting because every single person that I saw, I, you know, as, as a teenager, there's a lot of people and a lot of parents talk about, oh, my child's a teenager and it's really hard to get along with them. I think there's this normal thing that happens when you become a teenager. And what I'd experienced at that stage was that normal teenage thing plus you know unresolved things that had taken place and a lot of the people it actually they actually reminded me of my parents which at that stage we didn't have a very good relationship with there was a lot of um there was a lot of resentment there and any like association with my parents it was like no don't like you don't want to talk to you don't want to have an absolute bar of it so a lot of the time I would go and see someone for one or two sessions and then just say to my mum no don't want to see her again and then I'd go see someone else no don't trust them don't like them. I didn't like what they were wearing. I didn't like the way they said my name. I didn't like the way she walked. Like it was just these tiny, tiny things. And I realized now looking back that I had just built up this big wall. And simply because of the fact that I had this resentment for my parents, anybody who associated or had any similarities to them, it was just like, no, no deal.
0: (laughs) Any little thing would trigger you. Yeah, like little triggers going on. And you probably didn't even notice at the time that those were triggers happening. It was just something like, nope, I don't trust you. And and I get that. And as a young adult, as a teenager, you know, even under 14, as a tween, Mm. a lot of the times, did you find for yourself that they were just kind of excusing it, that it's like, oh, you're just being an ungrateful teenager or, oh, you know, you're just going through all these emotions. Did anybody take it seriously? Or did you even give them a chance to even find out?
1: That's a great question. I found from when I was very young, I closed off because I linked speaking up and being honest with being vulnerable. And if you were vulnerable, then you were weak. So that that was my whole thing. It was like, no, can't speak up because it's going to make me look weak. And that was the last thing that I wanted. So people actually didn't really question it. I think... were times they were walking on eggshells because they knew that you know what had taken place and what i was trying to resolve was sensitive topic so they were like okay cool if you don't want to talk about it then let's go to the next one so they were very supportive in that aspect which i've got to say i'm very grateful for nice yeah so as
0: a young young child or not even a young child because Mm. we go into tween let's i mm. don't know if, do you guys call it tweens in australia too so not really to be honest it's just
1: teen teenagers but if you call it tweens, so what's the age tween is what age group 12 13 12 tween. even 14. 11
0: some people are yeah. making even making it 11 now because kids are developing so much earlier so so early yeah so 12 12 is like a tween so you're not quite a teen yet but yes. you're really not a little kid anymore
1: yeah they, got call, you. they
0: call it tweens here tweens so. <laughs> I love that but what tell tell us some of these reactions these well I guess it is reaction to whatever Mm -hmm. was happening in your life you were angry you were yes you had you know some sort of disassociation disorder you were depressed Mm -hmm. so you know some people can look at us and say yeah but that's every teenager but Mm -hmm. not every teenager has trauma yes so with that trauma And I don't want to get into a lot of that because I know it's a sensitive spot. So I'm going to respect that. But because things happen to us in life, we react a certain way. Mm -hmm. So you were obviously pushing people, pushing them, being angry and pushing them away. At the same time, you needed them and wanted them, but you were pushing them away, right? So when people were looking at you as that young Chrissy, like were they what was happening you were sitting I want you to tell me the story that I read about you sitting on your floor about these things Yeah, of course get into that because that's something that some of our young listeners are going to say yeah that's me
1: yeah and they so feel- yeah of course got you so in high school especially so if I give a bit of a recap I pretty much labeled myself as someone that was just dumb from when I was a kid so at the school that I went to we had exams from year three, which is like aged eight. Now, I don't know if you guys have exams that early, but I look at that now and think, wow, that's insane. So from year three, I would do exams and then I would fail. And that in itself would start making me feel not good enough, not smart enough, wondering why other people could get it, but I couldn't. So that was just a little bit of a, you know, bit of soil, you know, in the, in the barrel. And it's like, okay, cool, let's just add that to the pile. So from year three to year six, you know, failing in subjects, you know, in primary school, then I went into high school and this continued, and it was when I was in high school that I became friends with certain people and we kind of ran a bit of a muck, you know, were disrespectful to teachers and as I look back now, it was simply a way of being able to get attention, you know, wanting love and affection and attention You'll do anything that you, well, I would do anything that I could to get that, even if that was at the cost of my classmates, even if that was at the cost of certain teachers. So that was like my behavioral ways of acting out. Um, I think I must have been about 14 when I was um, diagnosed with ADHD because they're like, what's going on with Chrissy? She can't sit still. She can't focus. Let's get her on, you know, some Ritalin or some medication. And that was a really good reason of, oh, I can't focus today. It must be the ADHD. That became my, oh, it's because of this that I can't do that. Now, looking back now, to be honest, I don't even know if I had ADHD or if I was simply, there was so much going in my head, I just had no, n- nothing left to be able to take on. I would sit there and read a piece of paper and I wouldn't comprehend it at the end of it. So just adding that once again, was so frustrating. Then with things that had taken place, I had a lot of resentment and frustration for my, for my parents. Um, I'm one of 12 children. And there were times where that's it, you know, I'm one of children, which I've got to say, I'm very blessed. I absolutely love my family. I have a beautiful relationship with them all because I had built up walls and I acknowledge now that I built up the walls, they didn't do it, but I built up the walls. I felt so alone yeah. and I would go home from school and there would be times where I would be in my bedroom, sitting on the floor for hours at a time, just staring at the wall and wondering to myself, like, what's the point? Whenever I would, you know, have a fight with a sibling or my parents or something like that, my way of acting out was in anger. So I realize a lot of, there are some, not not a lot, but there are some teenagers who you don't want to feel the psychological or mental pain. So people go to physical harm. My way of dealing with that was by hitting into my, my door. So that was my way of lashing out the rage, the anger, frustration, resentment, all of that piled in. My way was, you know, hitting the wall. And there was one day where instead of hitting the wall, I smashed a mirror. So imagine this like, you know, constantly months at a time, mom and dad would think I'm upstairs doing homework and I'm just sitting on my floor questioning what's the point of life and not knowing what I could do to get out of it. So one day I smashed a mirror. I remember looking, there was shards of glass in my wrist, there was blood dripping on the floor. And I just thought to myself, how can I live like this? Like, I don't want to feel like this anymore like the pain was so bad and I kept questioning life and the purpose of it and I'm very blessed there was a teacher at school who always listened to me you know she was amazing with being able to listen when I needed to talk to her and she knew of someone who could actually help me who it wasn't like the normal women psychologist that I had seen yeah. but he was actually a priest Um, We grew up Catholic, which, you know, him being a priest had nothing to do with anything, but it was more so the fact that he was just a genuine bloke and he knew how to listen to me. And there wasn't that association, like all of the psychologists I'd seen reminded me of my parents. He was different. There was something about this guy. He was just different. He was just a normal bloke that I could have a conversation with. And it was when I smashed that mirror that I was like, I need to change now. So I'd said to this teacher, can you put me in contact with this man? Do you know someone who can help me? She said, hey, I know this man. He's dealt with a lot of you know young girls like you who are dealing with what you're going through. And I think he could really help you. So it was in that moment that I was like, I need to turn my life around because it was like the rock bottom mm-hmm. in which I learned to rebuild my foundation. It just couldn't get any worse than what it was.
0: And that it takes a lot of courage, a lot of, especially when you're a young, angry person, because there's a lot mm. of pride that builds up. Maybe at those times, we don't realize it as being pride, but Mm -hmm. pride is bricks, right? Pride is heavy bricks and they're hard to get rid of. So it takes a lot of courage to reach out to somebody and say, I don't want to be like this anymore. I don't want to Mm -hmm. feel like this anymore. And when you were in school, you know, being rude and disrespectful and like you said, it didn't matter who was standing in your way, if it was at the sake of the students, Mm-hmm. What we do sometimes is negative attention is still attention. Of course. Right? And when you're seeking that deep, I just want to be loved and accepted, mm-hmm. even doing it negatively gets people to notice you.
1: Yeah. And it
0: sounds like that might have been what was happening with you.
1: Absolutely. Now, there were even times with that particular teacher, I would be in a great mood and then I'd see her coming and I'd put my shoulders down and look sad so that she would give me attention. Really? Really yeah. And at the time, it was in an unconscious way of if when I behave this way, this person gives me attention. So even if I'm feeling good, because if I'm feeling good, they're not going to give me the same attention that if I was feeling bad. And it's very interesting just that, whether it's conscious or unconscious, but being able to bring that awareness that it's like, I don't have to feel bad to get attention. Because when you're in a good space and surrounding yourself with incredible people, they're going to give you that attention. And, you know, when you're filling your cup, they'll just add to that rather than needing someone else to fill you up,
0: which yeah, is very interesting. I love interesting. that. I love yeah. that.
1: That's, yeah.
0: When you're sitting on your floor for hours, just staring at the wall, contemplating, why am I here? You know, you said you got angry and smashed that mirror. Mm-hmm. Were you were you any, somebody, one of the, did you cut yourself? Like, were you a cutter?
1: Did you write? Like, how did you cope with some of those feelings? Sitting yeah. there? So the cutting was a definite no, like my way of hurting myself was smashing the wall. I I love writing. I love poetry. I love writing raps. I love putting on, even now I love putting on a beat and just spitting a rhyme and seeing what comes out. But back then, like I've got books and books of things that I wrote down in my garage because it was just my way of being able to express of really getting it out there, especially so that it's not all just in here. Like I'm an artist by nature. I love music. My dad's a music teacher. He has been, you know, for 50 odd years. And um, and yeah, like that was just my way of being able to express my creative side. Mm-hmm. And yeah, poetry, it really helped me so much, whether it was journaling, writing songs, writing poetry, writing raps, all of that stuff, mm-hmm. just to get it out of the system.
0: And I find that's quite, one of the avenues I find with young adults and teenagers, that's the avenue that most kids go to is the writing <laughs> because they can't express themselves. They feel like nobody cares or understands anyway and so writing is good therapy in like yes. spoken word like you do rap which a lot of spoken word is rap mm-hmm. so like that's that's a, a good outlet for people to use
1: yeah and, absolutely and
0: here you are failing from grade three all the way into high school failing your mm-hmm. exams make you know you've already got enough low self-esteem as it is because of the trauma you've gone through mm-hmm. things you're dealing with now add that to the mixture like you said now you're in high school lashing out you finally meet a woman that puts you in touch with this with this gentleman this this priest who helps you speak helps you well allows you to speak i guess right allows you to use your voice with no judging you felt like he wasn't judging you what what were the words that he he said to you that helped you say yeah i can do this i could talk to this guy
1: yeah so i think one he created a really safe environment that that made a massive difference the things that I actually did with him or that I worked through with him is we literally worked on setting up routines and habits and systems to help me with control. So there's a few, there's a few things. One of the things that he said, which has stood out to me incredibly is Chrissy, when you genuinely forgive, naturally you'll forget. Mm. And I never understood that until I learned to genuinely forgive and it's not that you forget what's taken place. Of course, if you've experienced something in life, you're never going to forget it. But you can forget the power that it had over you, the severity of it, like the high charge that you've linked to it. Because there is no, like every situation is neutral. You just give it a positive or a negative meaning. So I look back and the things that have taken place, they no longer have control over me. And I'm actually so grateful for everything that's happened in my life because I realize I wouldn't be who I am today. Without experiencing all of it, right? Exactly. So that was that was one thing that he said: is Chrissy, when you genuinely forgive, naturally you'll forget.
0: I love so that. And I, I'm going to have that when when I have this edited. I'm going to have it above your head there. <laughs> what <did> you <laughs> Everything is neutral unless mm-hmm. we give it the power of a
1: positive or negative. Yes, I've never heard it like that before. I love that. Yeah, and it's it's ultimately the way that you perceive it, right? The way yeah. that you perceive it, and so some of the things that that we did together, so. He would get me to implement the tiniest of things, which at the time didn't make sense. Now I look back on it and I'm like, wow, it was these small things compounded that helped to change my life. Now, hand on my heart, if I didn't work with this man, I wouldn't be here today. But he, how did
0: you muster up that, say, I'm going to listen to him, I'm going to do it, because you're an angry kid. Mm, you're an angry I hit kid. a
1: threshold. So I hit a threshold and I knew So as I'd said before, it reached that point that I was like, I can't live like this anymore. The pain was so bad that I knew if I didn't seek help, I would do something stupid. Yeah. And the pain was so severe that I was like, there are happy people out there. I see happy people out there. At the time I would get jealous, but what sets me apart from them? It's what they do with it. Mm. So when I started seeing this man, who created an incredibly safe space and he had shared with me hey I've helped people like you to be able to get over this do you realize that you're actually able to get through this with the right you know with the right structure and I was like okay cool I trusted this man enough to say like because of the fact that the pain was so severe I just said to him tell me what I need to do and I will do it there was no question there was no second question asked it was like Tell me what I need to do to not feel this way anymore and I'll do it. So we set up little, yeah? No, sorry. I was going to say like there was simple things like as soon as your alarm goes off, get out of bed, right? Working this muscle of self-control. Every single morning, as soon as I got out of bed, I would do 100 sit-ups. Now, what's that in comparison to what I'd been through? All this was was training around setting up certain habits. If you can control the small things, you can control the big things, Yeah the mindset. This is what he was teaching me, having discipline. Don't put sugar in your tea. Don't put sugar in your coffee. Have your tea black. Don't put milk in it. Now, when you think about like, these are just tiny things, but the compound of that was magnanimous.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. Just controlling these tiny things. What's in your control. And the other thing also is when you get angry, Chrissy, when you get angry, instead of punching your wall and hurting yourself, get down and do push-ups until you can't move anymore. So there's still that exertion of energy, but not in a way that would harm me. So I started to change and develop the relationship with, when I would get angry, it's like, it's okay to feel this way. Anger is an important emotion to feel. You need to feel it so that you can process it and then you can let it go. And that's exactly what I did. So instead of getting angry and lashing out and punching my wall and then beating myself up and saying, I don't love myself and I'm hurting myself, it was, it's okay to feel this. I'm going to process it and exhaust myself and do as many push-ups as I can until I literally can't anymore. There were times when I was at school, I would get angry. I would excuse myself from the class, go into the bathroom and just do push-ups or sit-ups until I was exhausted so that I wouldn't hurt myself or so that I wouldn't lash out at the teacher or any of the students. And it was with his guidance and support that it didn't just happen overnight. It was a small thing that I compounded over a number of I think I saw him for about two years. So it was, you know, every fortnight we would, or it was every fortnight. I think it was at first every week, then every fortnight, then every month, you know, over a period of time, it wasn't always consistent. And then it got to a point, it was like, okay, cool. Now you're a butterfly and you can fly and go on your way. We don't need to, to see each other anymore. It was absolutely incredible.
0: That's wonderful. Now I did I did pick up something and maybe maybe it's nothing, but you had mentioned that a lot of those the eight that you saw before were a lot of females and this Mm -hmm. was a man Do you think that that had anything to do with it
1: look I'm not too sure specifically like as i would mentioned there was resentment for both mom and dad growing up um just highlighting now I've got a very beautiful relationship with them and I'm so grateful for them and everything that's taken place and I realized looking back they were doing the best with what they could with what they knew right so just the, the, if they knew different and they knew how to execute different, they would have done that, and that's okay, yeah.
0: right?
1: And you know, that's, act-
0: that's extremely important to recognize, and, and I get that because the same thing with me. I always say, you know, my mother did the best she could with what she knew, yeah. and some people always say, well, that's just a coping mechanism, really. No, honestly, you know, mm-hmm. not everybody has the same tools, and it, there might've been a lot of crap, a lot of pain, a lot of abuse, a lot of anything in our lives mm-hmm. that was put onto us by somebody else. Yes. They know right from wrong, but we're not perfect. We're imperfect beings. And with what they knew at that moment, mm-hmm. and for you to come to that realization is extremely pivotal in a relationship mm-hmm. for not just your parents, but for any relationship, for every relationship. For yeah knowing that they did the best that they could at that moment. Okay, it sucked. It really sucked. But you got past that to say they did the best. And you had to, to be able to heal you, right? And not to mention that the lack of punching walls and holes probably helped a little bit in that relationship.
1: 100%. (laughs) And you know, the thing is as well, when you think about resentment, it's like drinking poison and hoping it hurts the other person exactly what i say all the time yeah Yeah. it's just like if i resent anybody whether it's mom and dad whether it's teachers at school whether it's an ex-partner if i resent them me experiencing resentment in this moment they don't know they can't feel it they're not experiencing it Yeah, but it's like drinking poison and hoping it hurts them
0: exactly so you're seeing this gentleman he's helping you it's taken a couple of years didn't happen Mm -hmm. just like that no not at all it took strength, though. I hope you realize how much strength that that took. I'm sure you do now. Hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. Going through it, maybe not. Maybe many times you're like, "I'm not doing this anymore. I can't do this." But you persevered. Yes. And two years, you know. So this time, are were you out of high school yet, or still? I on- was still
1: in high school, so I would have been around 16. I would say by the time I finished seeing him, give or take. Yeah. And what grade would that be? Uh,
0: year 10. Okay. So yeah. in, in Australia, do you graduate in grade 12 or 13?
1: 12. Okay. Yeah, 12.
0: So you had a couple more years, you're calm. People are seeing the difference in you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So take us through that. What happened? Yeah. What happened in
1: your life there? So it's it's interesting because I remember this one day. I used to have a massive fear. So my grandma was my favorite person in this whole world, right? I used to have this fear that one day I would get called to the principal's office and she would say, hey, your grandma's passed away. I don't know why, once again, the principal at the time, I didn't like her. She, you know, reminded one of of those women, middle-aged women that I just didn't trust, right? So it was the last thing I wanted to experience. And one day I got called to the principal's office and I was freaking out thinking of worst Mm -hmm. case scenario. And I was sitting there outside her office thinking, oh my God, what now? I haven't done anything too bad. There was a moment 12 months prior that I had been asked to leave the school because they just were like you keep talking about how you hate the school you don't want to be here we're asking you to leave we're not expelling you but we don't think that you should be here anymore so with that in mind I was like what have I done you know this is this is crazy what have I done and I was thinking a worst case scenario and she actually said Chrissy we've recently like you have been nominated by the house so we've got four houses in school you know um For carnivals and stuff like that like they split the school up into four sections so i was in one of the houses and they said you've been nominated to be the 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 leader so Mm -hmm. there was leaders in year 10 year 11 and year 12 right so the team leader and then the vice captain and then the house captain in year 12. they're like you've been nominated to be the house leader for next year and i want to ask you like are you willing to step into that role And it was amazing because other people saw something in me that I didn't really see in myself. Mm
0: -hmm. I knew that
1: I had capacity to be a leader, but to have been nominated for that, I'm even getting shivers talking about it right now. Mm -hmm. It was just a moment that I was like, oh my gosh, people see something in me. People want me to be in that position, but it meant that I would have to continue stepping up and you know, we used to wear a beret in school and, you know, it was, it was a private school so you'd have to wear your clothes well and tuck your shirt in and all of that, which I didn't really care about. But she's like, you're going to have to be an example. Are you willing to commit? Because we're not going to give you this position unless you say, yes, I will, I will do what I need to do. So that was a moment that really turned it around, that it was like, oh, my goodness. And then once again, the following year, I got the, the house, um, the vice captain position, And then the following year, again, I wasn't even at the nomination. Like, you know, if you wanted to be the the captain for the house, the house captain, you had to be there and people would vote for you. I had I was in a class that had gone over time. I wasn't even in that meeting and they still voted for me. So it was it was absolutely incredible. And even I'm getting emotional just thinking about it now, because I remember at the time thinking, oh, my goodness, these people see something in me that I don't see in myself and it was just like i need to tap into this more and it was in these moments the compound of all of it that it was just like wow okay i'm leading these people and i need to i need to really step into that even more even though i was still failing in school in year 12 i i i nearly failed my hsc like i only passed two of my exams out of six in our trials which is like our half yearly exam and it was just like my goodness this is this is crazy And um, there were some really key things that helped me to realize other people saw something in me that I wasn't seeing in myself.
0: That's incredible. You were still failing and they still asked you, they saw something dynamic within you. Yeah. 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 That's Incredible. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful story.
1: Thank you. I've actually never shared that. This is the first time I've ever even shared that.
0: Really? That even makes me want to well up. Like I was thinking in my head, wow, you really did turn around here. You're failing all your courses. And then, but you were still academically yeah. you know, not maybe up to par and they're still seeing that in you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's brilliant. That yeah. makes me like really joyous.
1: <laughs> keep, keep in mind, I've realized I love talking, right? I love communicating. I love seeing other people thrive. I love it. It sets me up like nothing else. So even though in school, I was failing between you know going from class to class or during recess or lunch break, Whoever I would walk past, I would say good morning to. Yeah. Right. Whoever, whether I knew them or not, who would be like, Good morning, how are you today? And I didn't actually realize what effect that had. Because there were people that I actually I didn't know their name, but I would still say good morning to them and they were in my house whether I knew it or not. Right. And then all of a sudden they're voting for me. And it was just like because I love talking to people, making people smile, making people feel good about themselves. And it's like, what can I do that's nice to someone else other than just acknowledge them in their existence when I will past them? And I firmly believe that that's one key thing that really helped of just wanting to spread that joy as best as it could, yeah. whether, yeah, whether it was challenging or not, it was like, at least I can, you know, say good morning. And I really think that paid off. That,
0: yeah. And knowing that that's another thing, there's so much strength within you that I'm not even sure you knew you had, and I don't even, I don't even know you, but when you're having inner t- turmoil, inner trauma, and your, your inner self-esteem is anything but, but good, like mm-hmm. it's just devastating to reach out to other people to make them feel good is such a power, even though inside you're falling apart and wondering what the purpose is for you to even be here, mm-hmm. but you showing somebody else that they are worthy they're worthy to say hi to, they're worthy to smile to first thing in the morning and say good morning. It's so powerful. And I wish more people would notice the power in just even if you're having the crappiest day, you know, the worst things are happening to you. If you just put out there to somebody else that they're worthy. Yes, it helps change your innards too. Absolutely. I just love that you had the strength to do that. And you you weren't even aware of of the impact that you were having. Mm. So much so that they voted you in these very, these are important positions. Yeah. So now you, you have to step up. You're like, okay, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not doing so well academically. I'm not perfect,
1: but I'll give it a crack.
0: Right, which is so amazing. You do that high school. Mm-hmm. Great to have on your resume, by the way, your CV. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> You're finding your leadership. You're finding you. Mm -hmm. You're finding that, hey, I'm actually pretty good at this.
1: Mm.
0: What did you what did you decide to do after graduation, like to use that to your
1: advantage? So my plan after finishing school was to to go to Columbia the following year. So I just I just got myself a basic job at at a chicken shop. I was, you know, flipping burgers and selling chicken and chips and things like that. And that was just, you know, I was just working there five, six days a week. And then I went to Colombia for a couple of months. And I'd said when I was 14, and look, one thing about me is when I make my mind up about something, it's happening. Yeah. yeah it doesn't matter what gets in my way. It's like, I don't know how this is going to happen, but let's just make it happen. And I look back now and think, wow, I manifested so much. Without even trying, I just said, cool, this is what I want to do and let's find a way to make it happen. Yeah, so cool. I'd kind of proclaim to the world when I was in year nine, that I was like, cool, I wanna to go to Colombia after school because I wanted to be there for one of my friend's 18th birthdays. So I started working at the chicken shop, started saving as much money as I could. And then the following May, I went to Colombia. And the funny story with that is, I didn't actually book my ticket until two weeks before I left. I didn't know the how, it was just like, I'm just saving, this is my plan, this is my goal. And then all of a sudden, cool, let's make it happen. And even the mum of my friend, she was a bit reluctant for me to go stay with them because she'd met me when, oh, I, was, yeah. when I was a teenager. And she was like, Chrissy's not the best influence. And because <laughs> um, because I'm friends with both sisters, so my friend, you know, there's two of them in the family. The older one said to the am look, mom, Chrissy's changed. She's had a massive turnaround. She's gonna be okay. She's not a bad influence anymore. Um, and it would actually be amazing. And now I call her mommy the boss, which is mommy too. Um, And I have an amazing relationship. So they became like my second family. So I went to Colombia for a couple of months. And then my plan when I got back was to save up as much money as I could. And then I just wanted to just go back over there for like six months, just, you know, and do whatever. And then when I came back to Australia, I got a a temporary job that turned into four years where I, I was very persistent with applying for this particular job. It was in collections. So, chasing people for overdue debt, which my brother had previously worked there. He told me about the whole investigation side of it. Growing up, I always wanted to be a police officer. And that really, like, I didn't want to pursue that at that time, but that really connected me because I was like, wow, this is like police work. It's investigation, finding people that have skipped and things like that. So my brother shared with me about that job and I kept applying for the job, which I didn't get. And there was one lady, my old boss, Crystal, she kept seeing my application come through, but they weren't hiring. So I think I'd applied maybe three times. And there was this one day, I remember that it was, she called me on my birthday, 23rd of October, 2013. And she said, Chrissy, I've seen you sending through, you know, your application. They're not hiring at the moment, but I've got a potential job opportunity. It's not the same, but you could start here and then you could move there if that's something you're interested in. And at that time, I was just like, I don't really care what I do. I don't care what job it is. Let's just do it. And I can get experience, save money, and then I'm out of here. Right. So I got into that job. I learned very quickly, wow, I actually love communicating. I really enjoyed this role. Within nine months, I became the team leader of that team. Within another six months or so, I was the manager of that team. And then once again, I then moved over to the team that I originally applied for, but I skipped the base role and I went straight into the New South Wales state manager. So this was within a four year period, I was able to get those promotions. Now, a few things that I learned from that is once again, Crystal saw potential in me that I didn't see in myself. She was an incredible mentor and leader in a work capacity. I was the youngest person in the team, managing people twice my age. And I tapped into my superpower, which is communicating, empathizing with people, I think one of the benefits growing up with 12 kids is there's a lot of different personality types, the way that you communicate with people. It's having the ability to influence people from a place of love and connection. of saying, cool, I wanna wanna understand what your challenges are. I wanna help the team, let's help our customers, but first I need to take care of you, my team member, so that we can then in turn serve the customers, right? So it was just that ability to, to learn, to understand people, not go in there with the mentality of I'm the manager and this is my way. It's no, we're a team and I want to lead you. So I need to understand your perspective.
0: I was just going to say, it seems more, and I'm learning this so much, and I'm much older than you, but I'm learning this more and more in the last year. Leading and managing, you know, there's way too many managers. We need more leaders. And you seem like you were a leading manager. You would, you know, when you just said, we can't help the customers unless I help my team first. Mm-hmm. That is what more companies need. And I, I have been saying this for years we need more companies, you know, from the top down, mm-hmm. right? Like, treat your people from the top down how you want to be treated. Cool. Even the janitor, even the custodian. 100%. Deserves okay. Your absolute respect. Yep. You know, and if you can re- treat all of those people like they're human beings, mm-hmm. you're more than just managing a team, you're leading. And that's beautiful
1: yeah absolutely speaking of which when you say the Janet, there's an amazing book i'm not too sure if you've read it called excellence wins by horse schultz he was one of the founders of the ritz carlton okay. and it was i actually i didn't even listen to that book till last year but just his management style and his ability to just treat everyone with the same respect give everyone the same doa and it's like just that realization that every single person's a human every single person plays their role mm-hmm. right Every, every
0: single, single person, person, whether it has, speak, it's big, small. Yep. Yeah. They all have a story. Yeah. Right. So treat them like that. That's beautiful. So four yeah. years you, you've climbed that corporate ladder. Seeing, did you did you yet have that like, yeah, look at like I don't mean like arrogance, but I mean like a self-realization that because everybody's seeing in something in you that you haven't seen. You're this mm-hmm. like, you know, this kid, then this teenager all these things happening then okay high school you start now this job did you
1: start realizing? Okay, yeah, I'm really I, good at communicating, but I'm also I got something in here. Yeah. I look, I really did. I wouldn't say there was cockiness. Look, sometimes I think I was a bit like, "Oh, look at me, you know, I'm I'm 21 and <laughs> I'm the state manager, this and that." But it was incredible. I think it was just like, "Oh my god, if I can do this, anybody can." Like I realized where I'd come from in the aspect of just how worthless I felt. And to realize that school didn't work for me because it wasn't the right structure. Maybe I didn't remember all the things that I read because it didn't interest me, but then it came to doing things like that. And I wasn't the best agent. I just knew how to communicate with people. I just knew how to relate to people. Right. right? So it was tapping into that superpower and turning those wounds into my superpowers to say, okay, cool. Let's understand people. Let's work with people. And I ended up quitting that, that like the job that I was in, that that state manager role. Within a five-year period, I got five promotions. So after those three, I went to another company, started, you know, working part-time, casual, and then got promoted to the senior, and then got promoted to the team leader again, which once again wasn't the best agent. It was that relatability, wanting to work with people, serve people, help people. I ended up quitting two dream jobs right? So there was a number of times where other people saw potential in me. When I quit those jobs, it was me being like, there's so much more to life than this. I started seeing my own potential. I was like, I can do so much. Yeah, I can do so much. So the first job that I'd quit, it was like, okay, cool. I want to actually explore something that helps people. Yeah, like I could help my team, but chasing people for money that they owed, it wasn't something that set me up, right? It was an amazing experience. It taught me so much. I wouldn't be where I am today without that experience. So then I I went into another role. And then once again, I quit that job last year when I went into my coaching business full time, my coaching consulting full time. And like a lot of people were like, dude, like this is an amazing job. You're on a great wicket. You're earning good money. You've got a team of like 10, 15 people that it ranged, you know, based on, you know, systems and structures and stuff within the business. And I was like, but now I'm seeing my potential. Like there was a yearning inside of me that was like, I didn't experience what I experienced and I haven't been through what I've been through to just work in customer service. There's a greater purpose to this. I know that. And it became a matter of other people have seen something in me. Now I need to see it in myself. And I need to right. act on it. And right. And go for it.
0: And then taking those steps to learn what you need to learn, listen yeah. to other people, you know, all these things that this world now through, you know, the great. Zoom and worldwide, <laughs> the world has become so much smaller. Yes, it, it just can teach us so much yes. about ourselves and and give us that confidence to go and move. Mm-hmm. And that's what you did. You said, "Yeah, but I see something more." Mm-hmm. And so many people just, you know, well, I got, I know, I got bills to pay though, and I'm comfortable and it's secure, and they stay there because mm-hmm. of fear, and they might not even realize it's a fear but mm-hmm. they stay there and I'm one of those people I'm learning though, but they stay there just because it it's, you know, it's good in life. Things are good. Yes. I pay my bills. I can go on a vacation, but there's that yearning that they never touch Yeah. That inner deep. And you said, no, no, no. And I'm glad because you're so young, right? Too many people go through and then it's like, oh, I'm too old. It's too late. No, yeah. no, do it now. And yeah. that's what you did. You said, I can tap into this. Yeah. And 100%. you this job, even if other people were like, Chrissy, what are you doing? You've got it made. You're like, nope, there's more in here. And you did that. So mm-hmm. tell us about those steps. Is that what led to your consulting, your Sequin consulting?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I just want to touch on one thing because you'd said before, people get comfortable. Yes. The enemy of a great life is a good life. The enemy of a great life is a good life. Yeah. that often and when you think about it and i was even i was even doing something just recently which made me think of these three key people right let's say tony robbins oprah winfrey dean graziosi all of them came from nothing yeah but look how much they've grown into look who they've become i find the most successful have been through some of the worst of the worst yeah. because it's absolutely right the enemy of a great life is a good life if you don't have that leverage and that's what I realized. I had that leverage when I was 14. That was my version of rock bottom, right? Right. Yeah. That it was like, it can't get any worse than this. I have to ch- turn it around. So it's whether you get forced leverage by the universe or whether you give yourself leverage and say, I need to put myself in the position where I need to tell myself, if I don't change now, I'm missing out on everything, connecting to the pain or the pleasure. And that's sometimes that's what I still do because I find myself like, yeah, it's all good. It's like, no, this isn't good enough. I want excellent the enemy of a great life is a good life so what were you saying before okay so getting started in the coaching consulting so I went to Unleash the Power Within in September 2019 I was there. it was right really, it was it was absolutely incredible so that was the last the last event Tony Robbins did in Sydney before you know COVID entered the world and it's well, funny because not the one in Sydney, one in Sydney. One. <laughs> yeah. a different one Go ahead. So my partner was reluctant. So my partner, Karen, she was a bit reluctant at first. She was like, hey, Tony Robbins is coming. I didn't really know about, like, I kind of knew of him, but I didn't know a whole lot. I, I thought he was a motivational speaker. It's like, no, he's not a motivational guy. He's the most incredible, you know, coach in the whole world. He is the number one world clo- coach, right? Yes, yes. So she was reluctant to invest $1,000, right? And I said to her, babe, you can make 1000 bucks easy. But this man, he's getting old. We don't know how much longer he's going to be around for. Just go. And if you're going, I'm going because let's do this together. So we went. I didn't even know what coaching was. Like coaching for me was I was a basketball coach in high school, (laughs) had soccer coaches. Like that's for me what a coach was. So this just I felt like I walked into Narnia going to Unleash the Power Within because I was like, what is this world? This is crazy. So I met all these people, started seeing this whole personal development stuff. Within like five weeks of Unleash the Power Within, I launched my business. And it's funny because people talk about when's the right time, right? Oh, I'm waiting for this. I'm waiting for this. The day that I launched my business, the company that I was working for, we had an online outage. We thought it would last for like two to three days. It lasted for seven weeks. Our workload doubled. We had to get people from different parts of the business to come and support with customer support. So all the customers that would go online to order stuff They had to contact us and call us and we had to do it all manually. So the work, it was insane for seven weeks. So during that seven weeks, I launched my business and I I did a six-week course, right? And then I decided to resign from my job in the middle of COVID. So when's the right time to do something other than the time where you decide I'm going to back myself? Like that's, that's the right time. So it was, yeah, it was through launching that business where I started off, I had, you know, five free clients, I dedicated three months of my time to them, learned about coaching learned about, you know, the role of it. And then yeah, started to slowly get paying clients in. And it got to that point in in August of last year, where I was like, well, actually, it was July that I decided to resign and gave my four weeks notice. But I was like, okay, it's time. It's time for me to back myself. And I looked at it and thought, what's the worst thing that could happen? I quit my job. I go into my business. I know that I'm employable. I would employ myself. Yeah. And I know another company would employ me. Even And it doesn't mean going and doing the exact same job. If, if I needed to do something for $50,000 a year or something like that, or whatever it was to get me by, I would do it. Yeah. If I need to work for free for a week to show to someone, I've got a great work ethic. I'm willing to go there because I've got nothing to hide. Like I backed myself. So I had to back myself in my business that I was like, what's the worst that could happen? The worst that's gonna happen is that I quit my job, I start my business, it doesn't work out and I go get another job. It's It's not that bad, right? When I broke it down, like what's the worst that's gonna happen? I've got savings, I fail, I learn something and then I do something else. So then I was like, okay, cool. It's time to do it. And then I'd said to my manager, hey, I'm, I'm going to resign, gave my four weeks notice. And then that was it. So I had to back myself. That's right. um, and it's, the rest has kind of just been like, like history. It's, it's, it's incredible just to see like how much has shifted and changed. What I'm now so passionate about is helping people to be their most authentic and unapologetic selves, because it's all well and good. And this is one thing that It kind of hurts that I see a lot in coaching, in the coaching space, people are trying to be their mentor or their coach or somebody else. Your superpower is by being who you are. And I realized that like last year when I was working closely with a mentor, I unconsciously, unconsciously was trying to be like him. He had very high energy. I look at my old videos and I'm like yelling at people because that was his style. And it wasn't until my sister said, Chrissy, I can't watch your stuff because it's not you. And I was like, what? And I messaged her even just a few weeks ago and said, hey, Jen, I just want to say thank you for being honest with me because that honesty helped me realise that I wasn't being me. And here I am talking to people about being authentic and unapologetic and who you are. And I was yeah. like, wow. And it was when, when I stepped into my truth, yeah. so much shifted and changed. So now it's like, okay, cool. How can you, can you look in the mirror and say, are you being who you are? Are you saying the things that you want to say? Are you living a life that fills you up? Are you tapping into your potential and asking quality questions? Because the quality of the answers you're going to get is based off the quality of the questions that you're asking yourself. I love that. I love that.
0: I have to write that down. I'm going to
1: rewatch this over. (laughs) Yeah, the quality of the answers you get is based on the quality of the questions you ask yourself. So if the answers you're getting are shitty answers, have a look at what's the question.
0: Yeah,
1: and if you're like, why, why can't I do it? Why don't I have any money? What if you turned it into how can I look for opportunities? How can I source more money? How can I be resourceful? Yeah. How can I get through to this person? The person with the most flexibility is the one who controls the system. If you're trying to influence someone and they're not buying it or understanding it, how can you as a communicator change the way that you're communicating so that you can understand? You can get through to them. That flexibility. You want to be like a river, not a stagnant dam, a flowing river, constantly moving, having that flexibility. Because a
0: flowing river is full of life. Mm, It is. A standstill pool pond is not full of life. Mm. It's got you know algae and stuff. Flowing river (laughs) is full of life. Absolutely. Beautiful. And so who are your clients now? Who, who are you looking for as clients? Who, Who's your,
1: who needs you? Who needs me? Yeah. All right. So I'm so passionate about working with aspiring entrepreneurs, right? People who know that there's so much more, but they're stuck in a level of mediocrity, like what I was, yeah? I didn't even know what coaching was back then. I knew there was something, but I didn't know where to start it's like i was living on someone else's game plan it's like this is this is our business this is what we're doing and i was like on their game plan rather than being on mine so those people who you've got this idea but it's like there's this level of fear or doubt or resistance inside being like what if i go forward and then i go back and what if i go forward and then i go back so yeah people who know that there's so much more aspiring entrepreneurs you know you've got these incredible ideas you've got an incredible gift You've got this incredible potential, but you don't know how to tap into it. And that's what I love working with people on, to be able to experience freedom and meaning in life, whether that's financial freedom, whether that's emotional freedom, whether that's relationship freedom, just experiencing that overall freedom while connecting in with having incredible meaning and connecting with your purpose. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's financial, emotional, relational. It doesn't matter because there's always something inside of us that keeps us in bondage. I call it mm-hmm. in bondage. It keeps us trained chained to our our past thoughts, our past, like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm dumb, or oh well, yeah, but look at them. They have no, no, so do you. Anything mm. that happened out there was somebody's idea. Yes. Right? Somebody yes. had an idea. And they weren't all of these, you know, you know, old money or the smartest people on the like you mentioned, Tony Robbins, mm-hmm. Oprah Winfrey, Dean, like somebody had the idea why not you mm-hmm. why not you absolutely and you're one of these ones who help people tap into that yeah cool. i love
1: near where i live it's in a place called Brighton, the sands the airport's just across the water from here and i love just seeing the planes take off and it constantly reminds me that there was a point where the thought of traveling overseas by air was insanity that's right and just the thought that now it's so normal Even Bezos and you know Richard Branson have brought to normality of people going into space, even though it's you know it's very expensive, but it's possible it's going to become part of the norm. And I've been listening to Richard Branson's Losing My Virginity and just hearing this man talk about the first time he held 10 quid, that he was like, that was the most amount of money I ever held in my hand. And to look at this man and see him as a multi-billionaire, it's just like, what's the difference between you and him? Yeah. He had an relentless ability to believe in himself and just keep doing and being flexible. And there is no failure, only feedback.
0: And put people first. Yes. Because he he puts his employees
1: first. He looks after them.
0: That's right. When you put people first, you will succeed. Mm -hmm. When you don't make it all about you, you will succeed. And I love that's what you're doing. And you've said it a few times here. You just, you love helping people. You love bringing out people's potential people's, you know, worth. Mm-hmm. And that's you putting people first. Of course. That's, it's going to make you successful.
1: It's really all about, like, the way I look at it is I'm on a mission to create as many ripples as I can, right? The power of one. Think about this for a quick moment. Tony Robbins, there was one man who brought them that turkey on that Thanksgiving, right? If it wasn't for that one man, millions of people wouldn't be impacted. It's, it's the so power fair. of one, oh. right? So that one person... The one person that you can help, whatever the the magnanimous ripple effect is, like that's the mission. How many ripples can I create today with this flowing river? That's it's incredible. That's beautiful. Yep.
0: How many ripples? Hmm. And so, do you have? You don't have a book or anything yet, do you? You have
1: your actually. You have your how to step into your authentic. The I've got that small. I've got that small book. I'm actually, I'm in the process. So the plan for 2021 is I've got a book that I'm in the process of writing still called Turning Pain Into Purpose. That's still a work in progress, but it is part of the 2021 goal. So we've got three months left. So that's going to be done by the end of the year. But right at this moment, it's just these little eBooks that I've got. That's all
0: right. That's okay. all right. You have a purpose and a plan. Yes. And it looks to me from what I've learned of you here, that book will be it's done. Happening. And you know what? <laughs> if it's not done in three months, don't put yourself down, just extend your goal, but don't keep extending it, Of course, meet it, right? Yeah, no, 31st <laughs> oh, of December, it's, it's happening. I started a book last year saying it was supposed to be done and it's been over
1: a year and Ugh. I can to tap into that. That's it. One of, one of my clients, I started working with her two months ago. She had this idea for six years, had been working on stuff on and off, started working with her and her book soon to be published awesome it's just that once again you know tapping into that what's your true authentic self like let's link more pleasure to it than pain right. because it you know previously it's the pain of what if it doesn't work what's going to happen what if it's a failure rather mm-hmm. than hey you know let's link this pleasure to it and the people that she's giving the book to we've put the date in when I was first speaking with her I said cool what do you want this done by And she's like January next year I said, nah, come on, this has been on for six months, like for six years, you know? And I said, the book, the the people you wanna give the book to, it's her her niece and nephew, When's their birthday, October 13th. Do you reckon you can have it done by then? Let's do it. I would love to do it. Like, this is what I wanna be able to do for them. So once again, it's just finding what's important to you, how do we link pleasure to it so that you then do what you've gotta do. Within two months, so much action's been taken just with the right strategy. It's incredible. Mm And and sometimes we need people like yourself to help us with that push. And that's why
0: it's important to get the right coach.
1: Yeah. Let's get your
0: book done, Kimberly. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get it out there. Gosh. But I, you know what? I, I, I love the fact that you're so young and you're doing this and you're so determined in yourself, in your own heart in your own mind, you're determined. And I, you. I just, I want younger people to come to you for coaching. I really want some of the younger generation, the young adults to come to you because you know, it's not a cliche that you're our future, right? Like it's true. And so there's a lot of young people out there, this time, this age that we're living in, it's so difficult. I would never want to go back. Mm -hmm. I mean, it hasn't even been that long for you, but I'm sure, you know, I don't, I'm glad everything happened that happened because it's made us who we are, but we don't want to go back, but today it's just so much more difficult in a different way. And I think that the young adults and the young, you know, the older teenagers, they need guidance. Mm -hmm. because I just feel so many people are lost right now. And you being young and who've gone through it and who has had your own personal trauma and personal pain would be a great motivator for young people to go and and have you as their coach, as their consultant to push them forward. And I just love that. And I just hope that there's some young people, you know, with a spark in their heart who can reach out to you and say, okay, show me how you did it because I can too, even if they don't think they can, you can, you can help them find that spark.
1: Of course, it's simply Um, like we're we're all full of this potential, right? It's just tapping into that, being more committed to what do I wanna do and finding a way how and making it happen. And having that structure, like structures create outcomes when you can put yourself in the position where you've got a structure of, okay, what's the plan? What's the objective? Who do I need on my team? Like I realized things shifted in my business when I had a mastermind of people who were on a similar journey while also having a one-on-one coach and having an incredible network of people, as well as doing education based on results. Like all of those combined has been incredible. So having the right people on your team, is the most important structure I believe that one can have. Absolutely. So what next? So the book, where can people find you? So on my Facebook, it's Chrissy Quinn. So C-H-R-I-S-S-Y and then Quinn, Q-U-I-N-N. If any of your audience would like to reach out and have a conversation, I would love to offer them, you know, a one-on-one strategy appointment just to see where they're at and what it is that they're truly wanting. And even just connecting, you know, just start following me. You know, let's have a conversation because it all starts with a conversation. Yeah, it's just that power of one, one conversation, whether that means working together or simply, you know, getting insights and implementing them that's it. I would, I would love your audience to, to know that they're able to just reach out and start with a conversation. It all starts with one. That's beautiful. Thank you. And last, you know,
0: I hear some people ask this question sometime on different places and mm-hmm. sometimes I ask it, sometimes I don't, but I, I feel like I want to ask you because you've been there because okay. what advice other than, you know, just do it because mm-hmm. that's a lot of advice and it's great advice. Yeah. Just do it. Is great advice, but what advice would you have for, you know, somebody just exiting high school, not knowing what to do with their life? What advice would you have for them?
1: For someone leaving
0: high school, yeah, where life is starting to happen now, you're not a, you have to now find your way.
1: Mm-hmm. Knowing that clarity comes on the journey, and I don't want to respond with just do it, but allowing yourself to take some time. And I missed a massive snippet of the story but what I would suggest is give yourself some time to be silent to mm. maybe go for a walk in nature to sit in a beautiful park and just journal or explore and ask yourself the question what is it that I want or well, what is it that I need the most right now because I found so much clarity when I was in my silence And a lot of the time we can get so consumed with the busyness of the external world, you know, the busyness of having a partner, having a family, having friends, working and just taking that time for you to ask yourself that question of what is it that I truly want and what's just that one step that I can take? What's just that one opportunity? I realised with what I shared about Crystal offering me that job, it wasn't for the role that I wanted but because I was open to an opportunity it opens so many more doors. I was looking at one door, but this other door I walked through, then there was like 10 doors inside. So knowing that you don't need to wait for that final outcome, but when an opportunity opens up, give yourself that awareness of what's actually there and ask yourself the question while you're in the silence of, what do I want? And what do I need the most right now? And trusting that intuition. I love
0: that. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us, Chrissy. Um, I'll have all the information up on on the podcast and on the YouTube channel and how they can reach out for you and out to you. And um, I'm hoping some of my listeners, especially the younger ones, will reach out to you.
1: Amazing. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure to to share my story and to be part of this podcast with you. Thank you so much.
0: And to my listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. I truly appreciate you. Without you, I don't have a show. So thank you. And as I always say, don't forget to share like tweet download subscribe i don't know send a pigeon whatever it is you have to do make sure you tell everyone that they should be listening to this is your city thank you stay safe and stay blessed
1: thank you christy that's
0: everything for you
1: thank you so much